William Wallace had nothing on the Two Guys Talking podcast. Join two guys as they bring home true entertainment freedom on the Two Guys Talking podcast network. The dictionary lists call as a loud utterance, a demand, as in the call to duty, to try to get in communication with someone. But there is another definition of call to consider. A call to courage. I'm Stephanie Haynes, mother, author, speaker, and host of A Call to Courage, where I visit with and share the stories of those who have harnessed faith, found truth in His light, regardless of how messy the sample, have found guidance, hope, and purpose when it matters. This is a call to courage. You are listening to A Call to Courage, the podcast dedicated to encouraging you to replace your fears and worries with trust in God and His Word. This is episode 101 with me, your host, Stephanie Haynes. One thing I want you to know right off the bat is I believe that steadfast determination to attempt courageous faith is essential for transforming fear and worry into hope and peace. What happens when the realization sinks in that God's power and strength has been infused into a self-described, recovering, wanna-do-it-all superwoman's life? All kinds of messy attempts at courageous faith. Hear the story today on the inaugural episode of A Call to Courage. Hi, I'm Stephanie Haynes, wife, mother, author, speaker, ministry leader, and as of right now, podcaster. I have answered God's call to courage to share my messy attempts at trusting and following him on a daily basis with whomever, and today it happens to be you, but with whomever is willing to listen. But I want you to know something. I haven't always been this woman. I grew up in California, Northern California to be exact. And those of you who've ever lived in California, you know there's a vast difference between the Northern and the Southern part. But I grew up in Northern California and lived there until I was 33 years old. My whole life, I spent doing what I set out to do. I was a very goal-oriented child. My grandmother at one point had said, if you keep your room clean for a month, I will give you something. And so I did, and I continued to keep it clean. I was type A personality. I love to just make sure things get done. And that's a big part of my story. When I was in high school, I decided that I wanted to be a high school English teacher. Now, most of you, when you're in high school, you kind of go, high school was not where I wanted to be a teacher. In fact, I didn't like my teachers. But me, something about being a teacher just clicked with me. And so I went to California State University, Chico, whoop, and got my degree in English and became an English teacher at Ignatia Valley High School. And I spent about 10 years of my teaching career there. In college, I also happened to meet my husband. His name is Scott, and we've been together 19 years. We met in our freshman year of college and have been together ever since. And it's one of those stories that I hope to share with you across the course of not only the podcast, but across the blogs that I write. You'll get to know a little bit more about that part of my story. We have two great kids, my daughter Taylor, who is, as of 2014, 16 years old, and our son Christopher, who is 12 It's been an interesting journey that I hope to share with you more and more, but one thing you need to know is that I am sitting here today because of nothing I set out to do. 
If you had asked me back in, say, oh, I don't know, 1995 when I got married, what my life would look like in 2014, I would have told you that I would either be still a high school English teacher or I would have moved up the ranks and become superintendent of schools in California. Yeah, when I dream big, I tend to dream big. And while today I could tell you honestly that there's no way I'd want to tackle the responsibilities of a superintendent of schools of an entire state, I generally up until that point set goals and reach them without much trouble, really. If I had it in my mind to do something, I would set out and I would move everything I needed to do in order to accomplish that goal. That may seem like a really great I don't know what you would call a really great personality point, a really great behavior, but left unchecked, it can be extremely detrimental. About the time that my son was born in 2002, things were beginning to fall apart for me. I had lost a child between my daughter's birth and my son's birth, and recovering from that, I really thought it was easy. I thought, okay, I've lost this child and I can just move on and life will be okay because I had already learned that I could tackle everything I wanted to tackle and that I could make it all work out and it was all gonna work out just fine, except that those of you who have lost a child know that that's so far from the truth that it's almost laughable. But I hadn't come across anything I couldn't tackle yet, truly. Our marriage was doing well, but it wasn't doing well. On the outside, we looked like things were going all right, But on the inside, we were not talking. We were not getting along. I had a daughter who was the most strong-willed thing I had ever encountered in my life. And I was a strong-willed person and still am, but I would do what I wanted to do. And here came along this little blob of flesh that said to me, no, you're going to do what I want to do or I'm going to throw a temper tantrum. Y'all know those kinds of children. And I love her dearly, but my world started to unravel. I was learning very quickly that I was in control truly of nothing, and I thought I had been. When my son was born, I was given the opportunity to be able to stay home from working longer than I anticipated, and I began to wonder what on earth was going on. I had been working the whole time with my daughter, and now here I was at home, never ever thinking I'd be a stay-at-home mom, but kind of enjoying it. And then my husband was given an opportunity through a promotion. Now, remember I said I lived in Northern California, right? Well, my husband's opportunity for the promotion that he was given moved us almost overnight to Charleston, South Carolina, more specifically Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. And I don't know that there is more of a difference in lifestyle that you can get than living in the Silicon Valley area of Northern California and then moving to Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. In the days and weeks that I had left at home, and home at that point was California, in the days and weeks I had there before we actually moved away, I began to be very afraid and I began to be very unhealthy. Not only was I facing fear every day of what life would be like, but the stress of the life I had been leading was had been built up so much that I was beginning to have heart palpitations to the point of where my doctor was concerned enough to put me on a heart monitor. Our marriage was struggling, and at this point, had I thought about it, I might not have actually gone with him, but I wanted to try and make our marriage work, and so we picked up and we moved across the country to Charleston, South Carolina, and when I got there, I thought, okay, maybe things will be all right, but they continued to get worse, and I want you to know something. Right before I moved, 
I decided that I, I, I just knew at some point I couldn't live this life anymore on my own. I had been going to church with a girlfriend of mine, and it was a new experience for me. And I knew whatever I was going to be facing in this next season, I couldn't do it by myself. There was no amount of strong-willed behavior within me that was going to be capable enough of handling whatever was coming my way. And so I gave my life to Jesus Christ. And by that, I mean, I just kind of said, Lord, I know I have messed up. I have not been a perfect person and there is no way for anybody really to be perfect and I need your help. Will you please just come help me with this? I am afraid and I'm terrified of what's coming next and I have no idea how my marriage is gonna work out. I don't know what to do with this child and now I have another child and I have no idea how to do any of these things that are coming my way please help. And when he moved me to South Carolina, I thought, okay, maybe things are going to be okay. It's going to be all right now. God's in control. It's going to be all right. Except that I kept wanting God to do things my way. And I got there and things were still stressful. I wanted everything to work out perfectly. And you know, anybody who tries to make things work out perfectly is just adding more stress to their lives. And I did on a regular basis. And so besides the heart monitor that I had been wearing when I moved, I also went into the doctor and she did a spit test on me and decided and determined that I was in perimenopause. You can actually stress yourself into early menopause, y'all. I didn't know this and I was 33 at the time. So when I share with you that I was a really stressed out, crazy kind of woman, I really mean it. It was not just a, a, a feeling. I was literally stressed into the point of my body beginning to change hormonally. And that was a scary thing. So I made a change. The doctor said I needed to figure out a way to drop my stress level. And any of you who have young children at home, you know that that's kind of an impossible, laughable thing. And I had no idea what I was doing. At that point, I had a group of friends and I shared this with them. And to their credit, they stepped up and they stepped in and they took over for me. A friend of mine would take my son to preschool. Another friend made sure that my daughter had places to play and she was in school at this point. And so I spent my days sitting with God, trying to figure out what on earth was going on and why I was so stressed out in the first place. And at the end of that season, something in me had changed. And it had changed so dramatically that my girlfriends kind of said, Stephanie, tell me what's going on. What are you doing? Because you're a different person. You are not the same person you were. And I shared with them how God had kind of reorganized my days, how he had asked me to put him first before everything. And that by putting him first didn't just mean reading my Bible and praying. It meant trusting him to lead me in every area of my life. That's scary for the control freak that I was. Trusting God to take over instead of allowing me to do things was not part of my comfort zone. But I had tried. I had said, okay, God, I'll stop trying to make you do things the way I want you to do them. And I will try instead to see where you're leading. And he led me through that process to make my husband a priority because he hadn't been. I was angry that we had moved. Uh, my kids took over everything. I was, for the first time ever, a stay-at-home mom, and I had no idea what I was doing. And so I was continually in a state of chaos and had no energy left for him. But I began to treat him with respect and with love, and through God's strength, was able to allow him to heal some of the rifts that had begun in our marriage. It made my children more of a priority. And by that, I don't mean I meant I spent more time with them. I was just more intentional about the time that I had to spend with them. I learned discipline and how to discipline appropriately because my anger had been so out of control that I would rage, and that's not a good place for a mama to be. I learned that my home doesn't have to be perfectly clean all of the time, and so I stopped freaking out. My kids made their normal, usual messes and allowed my house to just kind of relax a little bit. 
And those changes did something in me. I had peace for the first time ever in my life, ever, y'all. I thought I could manufacture peace. I thought I was making everything work out okay when I was in control, but that wasn't peace. That was just a, a, a moment of truce for a while. And then it would erupt again and I would try and fix it again. And then I'd have a little bit of it and then it would erupt again. But this was different. I was different. And so a friend of mine, God love her, and you're gonna hear her this season on the podcast. A friend of mine decided that what had happened to me was so compelling that I needed to share it with the leadership of the women at our church. I had been a high school teacher. I could speak in front of students, but ask me to speak in front of the women of our church, the women who were in leadership positions, the women's pastor, the pastor's wives. Now, mind you, this was only a couple years after I had given my life to Christ. I felt like I was a complete and total baby. And what on earth could I ever share with them that would encourage them? But she signed me up to speak to them anyway and wouldn't let me out of it. God love her. But oh my goodness, getting pushed out of my comfort zone was not something I ever wanted to do. But I told my story. And at the end, the women's pastor at that point came up to me and said, we needed to talk. And I truly felt I was being called to the principal's office. I thought, oh my, somehow I'm a fraud. This has all been wrong. I've misinterpreted something and I've completely messed up. Can you relate? Can you, can you relate to that feeling of, of being called out and thinking, oh my gosh, I really messed up? So I went in and sat down and talked with the women's pastor and told her more about the story and shared with her about my past. And, you know, because the 20 minute talk I had given before hadn't really been enough to give the whole story. And she said to me very directly, she said, Stephanie, there's a calling on your life and I want to support it. Let's talk more about this. And I think we need to develop something with it. And that was the beginning of a transformation of a fear-filled, chaos-riddled woman into a woman who lives her life on fire for God. It's a crazy, strange transition. And I'm not the same person I was oh so many years ago when I was crying out to God to help me because I had no idea what I was doing in my life. From that point on, Peace of Mind Ministries was born. And that's the ministry that I ran for a very long time. And in that ministry role, um, I got to speak to all kinds of women. I got to tell them my story. And each time that I told them my story, somebody else realized that their life was chaotic and that they really wanted to trust God too. Out of that came a journey of developing just the lessons I was learning from reading God's word. What he tells us in his word, y'all, is so important and it truly is life changing. And so I began to write that down and then I began to share what I was writing down and those little tiny steps of faith. And y'all, they were not perfect. They were messy. If you were to say to me that you were in that very first time I ever gave that talk and who I am today, there's a lot of mess in between. It's not the same. But those messes are what shaped who I am. And so I began to talk about it. And eventually out of that came cultivating peace, revealing God's peace within your chaos. And that's the Bible study I've written about my journey and about how you too can allow God in in order to receive his peace and ask him to remove the chaos from your lives. I began speaking to mops groups. I began speaking at church women's retreats. I speak at a conference here in um, St. Charles County called Daybreak at Harvester Christian Church. I spoke at Kirkwood Road Christian Church as a Pursuing Peace event. And all of a sudden, God was taking my story and using it to help other women. It's been an incredible journey, but I don't think that God wants me to continue in that vein for the rest of my life. And I thought he did. Y'all, I really thought 
Here it is. I am the peace lady. I'm going to be talking about peace for the rest of my life. But when I finished and published Cultivating Peace, I felt like something had ended. A season, if you will, of my life was coming to a close and God was beginning to do something new in me. Cultivating Peace was moving smoothly. Um, I had developed DVDs so that anybody could actually take that class and share it with their friends and I didn't need to be there to teach it anymore, which was great and also weird at the same time. I wasn't teaching all of a sudden. I started a blog and was blogging, had been blogging regularly and writing what God's revealing to me, but it still felt that something else was changing. There was a burden placed on my heart that I really truly needed to understand what grace was. You see, I came to understand that while I had done all these things, I was still living a life limited by fear. I had always been afraid of what the worst could be and that it might happen if I didn't somehow prepare for the contingency of all of that. Y'all know what I'm saying, right? When I say, okay, what's the worst that could happen? And then you plan for it instead of just saying, this is where I'm going. Yeah, that was the limited life that I was living. And I had to make sure everything was done right. Hear me, cultivating peace is a beautiful piece of work. And it's a beautiful story of what God can do when you invite him in and get out of the way. But at the same time, every step of that process of what I was doing, I was freaked out the entire time. What if I mess this up? What will God think of me then? Will I disappoint him? And some of these real fears are what keep you from doing something too. You're afraid of messing up. You're afraid of making the mistake of somehow disappointing God. And I understand that. I so understand that. But God doesn't leave us that way. He doesn't want us to live this life of fear And through a a set of circumstances, the realization that I had the freedom to mess up came upon me and a new part of me was revealed. Y'all, imagine for just a second that you are shackled, just shackled. You know what that is? Tied down to something. And all of a sudden you realize they're not there anymore. Stepping up or standing up and going, wait, I can do this? I can walk away from this fear? I can be free? This is what I was feeling. And I didn't know what to do with it. But I wish I could tell you that there was some actual moment where I went, ah, this is what happened. This is where it is. It was this particular day at this particular time. And this was happening because I really want you to understand what this is, guys. But here's the thing. There wasn't an aha moment. There was just an accumulation of several things in my life that has brought me to where we are today. Someone called me out and enrolled me in a leadership training class at our church. I don't consider myself a leader. I really didn't at that point, but somebody else did. And so I took the class. And through that, I got introduced to Jenny Catron and the Just Lead book and her leadership training program. And so I signed up for it because I really liked Jenny, not that I thought I was a leader. And in that process that she walked us through, I had to admit out loud that I was worthy. Now, those of you who are out there who are struggling with fear, I wonder if you think you're worthy I wonder if you struggle with believing that you're enough just where you are, messes and all, without having to make things right. And that was me. And that's holding you back, just as it was holding me back. Because the minute I was faced with the decision, do I admit this? Do I say that God does say I am worthy? And he says, you are worthy too. Do I say that out loud? Because if I do, it makes it real. And if it's real, then what? Well, Those sweet women in that leadership training program wouldn't let me out of the room (laughs) until I confronted it. And so I admitted that I believed that God thought I was worthy. And that did something too. But I also allowed God to walk me through several trials along the way. 
and I began to let him tell me what success looked like rather than use my own definition. Maybe that's something you're struggling with too. Maybe success looks a certain way and because it's not looking that way right now, you feel as if you failed somehow. I lived that very real life, but that's not how God sees us. He doesn't see us as failures. He doesn't see us as incomplete. He sees us as fully complete. And when I opened up and allowed God to show me that, something else fell into place. And finally, through my study of grace and recognizing what it means and what it is to receive it, I understood that grace meant I could never mess up so badly that God would be disappointed in me, that he truly saw in my heart the desire to please him in all that I did, even when the outcome didn't match my expectations. And I found the freedom to try in that revelation. I want you to know something. Who you are listening to today has been built mess by mess, one unknown at a time. Everything I have attempted in my walk with Jesus has been something I had no idea how to do. Seriously, I had no idea who Jesus was or how to lead a Christ-centered life when he called me into relationship with him. I had no idea how to share my story when he called me out to share it. I had no idea how to help other women leave behind their chaotic lives for his peace-filled one instead when he called me into that either. I had no idea how to write a book or publish one or market one or create DVDs or calendars or even facilitator manuals. I had no idea how to speak in front of adults. I had no idea how to begin a nonprofit or run a ministry. And I had no idea how to create a podcast either when God placed that desire on my heart. Yet, here we are. Because God knew all along how to do what he was calling me into. He has a plan. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Y'all, he took this hopeless, broken woman and infused her with his strength and power. He wants to do the same for you. It doesn't matter if you have any idea how to do what you feel he may be calling you to do. He does. He knows how to do it. There is no reason to live a limited life of being afraid to answer God's call to something big and bold in your life because you have no idea how to do it. He has a plan, y'all, and all he wants is for us to say yes. He will take care of the rest. It has become my firm belief that God's very heart is breaking because we, his magnificent creation, are living fear-filled, chaotic, worried lives because we don't know how to do something or we don't know how it will turn out, instead of courageously living in his freedom and grace, a call to courage is meant to help you and me take our next steps of courageous faith. Think of it like this. We are each standing along the side of a road, just waiting. Then along comes someone who reaches out their hand, and we are inspired to take a step off the curb. I was inspired by many, many men and women And every day there are more added who come alongside and take my hand. Today, I am reaching out through the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit living in me for your hand. Together, because y'all have to know my courage falters too. We can take step after step until that woman we were on the sidelines is transformed by the renewing of our minds into the very image of Christ living in the power of the Holy Spirit, unafraid to do the will of God. 
When we come back, I'll share just how this podcast can help us both and give you a few practical tips for getting the most out of our time together. S.H.I.E.L.D. was introduced in 1965 in an edition of Strange Tales featuring Nick Fury. It was billed inside comic books as the greatest action thriller of all time. And it's safe to say that secret acronymed international intelligence collection endeavors would never be the same. Another, even greater episodic series is ready to take the greatest action thriller of all time mantle. And we hope you'll be listening. Don't miss the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast, reviewing each and every episode of ABC's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. bullet point by bullet point. Check it all out right now at agentsofshieldpodcast.com. That's agentsofshieldpodcast.com. Things in 1982 were a lot more simple. BMX bikes, the Versailles apartment complex in Schaumburg, Illinois, the sweet, innocent kiss of Andrea Schaefer, and of course, a little film from a man named Steven Spielberg called E.T., science fiction, the detail of a broken but still together family, the relationships that were made when you were 12, ones that are never again truly realized. It seems a lot heavier than most remember, but all of these things and more await you in the Two Guys Talking Perspective Review of Steven Spielberg's E.T. 1982 on the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network. Check it out now at twoguystalking.com. That's the number two, guystalking.com. Wouldn't it be cool if your advertising could last forever? It can. With perpetual advertising, here's how it works. Magazine, radio, and television ads are efforts that people might see or hear once, and then they're lost forever. Perpetual advertising provides you with the chance for repeat exposure and replayability weeks, months, even years after it's originally inserted inside a podcast. So even if your advertising is included in a podcast years ago, those efforts are still impactful, providing you with true return on investment, real impact, thanks to perpetual advertising. Are you ready to change the way you and your company or organization advertises? Find out more and launch a unique perpetual advertising effort now by visiting twoguystalking.com forward slash sponsors. Don't miss your serving of straightforward life experience on the Life on the Half Shelly podcast, www.onthehalfshelly.com. Thought about a career in voiceover? Need a great, cost-effective on-hold message for your organization or business? Don't know where to start? Check out The Voice Farm, your one-stop shop for voiceover needs. Check it all out now by accessing The Voice Farm at voicefarmers.com. See what difference can be made with a company that is truly outside the box from The Voice Box. Voicefarmers.com. That's voicefarmers.com. I'm Bob Chrisman from the Galaxy Cast, reviewing each and every episode of The Clone Wars, Sci-Fi Entertainment, and more on the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network. 
Welcome back to the inaugural episode of A Call to Courage. I'm your host, Stephanie Haynes. So, a podcast is a way for you to receive inspiration and encouragement. I've been blogging for several years, have written a study, and I speak at all kinds of women's events. And all of those ways to receive encouragement, inspiration, and support are great. But each of those requires us to sacrifice time in another area of our lives in order to participate, doesn't it? As my life gets a little busier each year with teenagers and my husband's work and running a home and running a ministry, I have felt my own time to receive get limited. There are so many great things out there to learn and so many voices I want to listen to, but never enough time to just sit. That's why I'm in love with podcasting. This episode and all the other ones this season can go with you everywhere you are. On my blog during the month before A Call to Courage officially launched, I shared all kinds of tips and links in order to help you capture each episode so you can have easy access to it. You can find links to all that information at couragepodcast.com forward slash episode 101. But who exactly is podcasting for? You, the woman who has no time to sit and read all the devotion-based emails in her inbox because she's too busy. You, the woman who doesn't want to have her nose in her computer or smartphone all the time. You, the woman who is in her car or out walking the dog or in the gym and wants something uplifting to occupy her thoughts. You, the woman who is stuck, afraid that the life she has is all there is, even though there's this longing in her heart for more. You, the woman who longs to live the free, abundant life Jesus says he came to give us through his death and resurrection. And you, The woman who has a God-sized dream on her heart and absolutely no idea how or when to make it come true, or even if she can do it at all. And you, the woman who isn't even quite sure about Jesus yet and who he is and what all of this means for you. Each week, I will post an episode of A Call to Courage. I call this podcast A Call to Courage because I want to encourage you and be encouraged myself to step out in faith. It doesn't matter who you are. God knows of all about you, and he has a call for you, a call to courage. The courage to step out into the great unknown is not something that comes matter-of-factly to me either, but what I have come to accept is that we each have a choice every day. Will we choose to follow God, to trust him and his plans, or will we choose to be our own leader and follow our own plans? I took the latter view for the better half of the first 33 years of my life and stressed myself into a whole host of health issues. I do not want to go back there. Today, you have made a choice to spend about 30 minutes listening to me share my journey, but a call to courage is not just about my journey. It is only the result of an answer to God's call. You see, a call to courage isn't just about me. It's about sharing the every woman's story of how she answered her call to courage. On this season of A Call to Courage, you'll receive encouragement from women who have faced addiction, open adoption, sexual abuse, financial struggles, fear, spiritual battles, and chaos. You'll hear how God walked with them through all of their messes and heartaches, and you'll finally understand what it's like to learn to cling to God no matter how messy things get. You'll also receive inspiration from women who share the how of their successes in battle. Several of the women offer practical tips, 
and teaching for how you too can learn to listen for God's voice instead of listening to the world's voice, for example, of how you too can restore right rhythms to your life instead of living a life of chaos. I'll also be sharing with you free resources and links to all kinds of information so that when you're finished listening, you'll have the opportunity to learn more as you feel God leads you. This season also affords you an opportunity to get involved. I really want to hear what you think. What do you struggle with? What courageous things are you afraid of facing? There's a way each and every episode to connect with me and to connect with each guest that I have on. Let's start now with that, actually. Head on over to couragepodcast.com. It's a special website we have created just to support you as we journey together this season. In the upper right-hand corner, there is a contact form. Click on that and fill in the short web form and answer this question. What issues are you facing right now that are requiring you to take a courageous step of faith? There are many episodes this season on A Call to Courage. Each one has the opportunity to reveal more to you about who God is and what a Christ-centered life really looks like. Each one is meant to meet you wherever you are in the midst of whatever struggle you are facing or fear you are faced with in order to encourage you to take a bold step of courageous faith whether you know what you're doing or not. Because God does. He has it all planned out for you. All you need to do is say yes to trusting Him and you have begun to answer your call to courage. Connect with me. Hop on over to couragepodcast.com And while you're there, you can find every single guest that I talk with this season. You can find the information that we talk about. You can find links to all the resources that we share. You can also find a way to really reach out to me and any guest who may have touched your heart. Go to the contact button in the upper right-hand corner, fill out that short web form, and ask away. I really do want to hear what you have to say. If you really like what you've heard on A Call to Courage, I encourage you to share this and other episodes with your friends, your colleagues, your family, whoever you feel might be encouraged to take their next messy step of courageous faith. Head on over to iTunes as well. Your rating is important. It helps other people see this podcast. Thank you so much for listening today to A Call to Courage, and I look forward to taking our next steps of courageous faith together. 